Welcome back to the Savage Land. We've got another interview today. It's a special, 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 special. And Matt and Rachel are not here in the Savage Land, but we've got me. And today I am interviewing somebody who you've probably seen on the YouTubes and on on the Twitters and on the, the Comics Alliances, all those other places on the internet. Uh, he is famous for his uh, his internet presence i guess in the comics community where he will analyze and basically deconstruct every comic that you've ever loved in your life uh it's 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 hassan atsmani how how did i do on your name that was was actually not too bad yeah that was (laughs) quite good it's atsman the e like the e is like it's very shifty it's a very shifty surname Uh, i guess everyone i forget sometimes atsman allow okay is that Maybe? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah, enough. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Uh, but you, you know Hass from the, uh, from the uh, YouTube channel, Strip Panel Naked. I know we've shared a bunch of his videos before. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his stuff. And Hass, you've probably got maybe the most analytical uh, mind or methodology in the comics industry right now. And I'm curious, what brought about Strip Panel Naked? That that was incredibly high praise. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> you're setting people up for for uh, something which might be better than it is. No, but I appreciate it. Fine. But that that was that was, uh, that, was that made I I would watch that was a very I, I should have you introducing everything because that was like <laughs> I I was listening to that like that sounds really cool that sounds really interesting. Well, hopefully um, hopefully it does sound pretty interesting. Then they'll uh, anyone who hasn't <laughs> seen your channel will hop over and check it out. Well, well what started it was. Uh, I had been reading a bunch of reviews um, for, and I can't remember which one it, it was. A, I can't remember which specific book it was that like triggered something, but it was something that Jordi Belair had coloured. Okay. And I like I I I love I love Jordi Belair's work. I will buy a book if she's colouring it, even if I know even if I know like nothing else about it, I'll just buy it because there there is like an inherent level of quality that is assumed when you pick up a book with her name on it. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I, I, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And so I've been reading some reviews for stuff to, you know, to see what to get or whatever on a Wednesday. And th- there was a line that said something like, and I'm paraphrasing, so I apologize to the original reviewer <laughs> who uh, wrote it. But they said that they'd written this whole, like, you know, like a couple of paragraphs about the story, about the writing. They'd, ve- they'd, they'd said like a very, very, very small amount about the art. And then for Jordi Belair's colors, they just said something like, and Jordi Belair is doing some interesting work with the colors. And that was it. And I thought, like, that that seemed like a weird thing to say because it was like, well, what is, what is she doing? That's interesting. Like, if you if you're gonna if you know it's interesting, why don't you just like you know you could elaborate on that a little bit more than just say, <laughs> it's like it's it's like you know if you're having a conversation with someone and you're like, what do you think of that film? And you're like, yeah, you know the visuals are really interesting. And then you just go up and walked away before they could ask you any follow ups. It was really like, it was like a really weird uh, thing. And, like, and, and, and then what do you mean? Once I noticed it, you just start to notice it. Yeah, it's it like it, but it, like do you know what I mean? If you know it's interesting, yeah. Then, <laughs> Or as what I assume what happened was they didn't have anything to say, but they just wanted to mention her colours. Um, <laughs> and then once you start noticing it, it's like a yellow car. You know, when you're like, I don't know if you guys do, do it in America, but you play like the yellow car game when you uh, when you drive in a car in a motorway and you you oh. see a yellow car and you punch the person who's next to you. Do you do, do, you do that? Is we, that just we, a weird <laughs> British thing? Uh, we we have a similar thing, but we do it for Volkswagen Beetles, uh, slug bugs, is what we call them. <laughs> <them. laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like that, you know. But then but then when you see one, right, you just see them all over the place. Yes. And so it, it was a it was a bit like that. Like once I'd seen that one review that didn't really mention the colors properly, then I I started noticing it. Like art on all like you know a lot of not all the reviews obviously, but a lot of reviews 
didn't know how to talk about the art and didn't know what to say about it beyond you know it was good yeah. or clean was a clean was one i saw a lot um and i and I, don't, I still don't really know what that means um i guess everyone else just like muddies up the work like they just like i guess they just you know they drag it through a field or whatever before they yeah, send exactly. it off to the publisher no. i don't know uh, yeah everybody know. else they just they just kind of like throw some crumbs and stuff like that all over the pages <laughs> and then they scan them in texture for texture <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah of course um and i had noticed you know i was a big fan of uh, every frame of painting um and i was looking for stuff i was wondering if there were things like that for comics and i couldn't find anything yeah. and i had a, i think i just like like a day off or something in january last year um and i wrote this uh wrote this episode about moon Knight, which was the first episode and there's like a side story that moon Knight. so hey this go is, on it. let's do it Okay, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> this is entirely irrelevant to this main story. This is all this this whole podcast will just be this one story, but I'll just take about twenty different tangents to tell <laughs> it, and that'll just be an hour long version. Of it. Um, I, no, I love I, it, man. I, I love tangents. <laughs> well, I hadn't I hadn't read comics for I hadn't been like reading comics for like a long time for like five six years something like that. It was it'd been quite a long time. Um, I, you know, I, I I was a student. I had no money, and I stopped reading comics, and then um, and now you know you just sort of fall out of favor with them. You just kind of do other stuff yeah. um and i interviewed declan shalvey for a, a website i ran when i was like 16 years old that was called indie reviews and oh. it, it covered like lo- small press british comics at the time I, we ran it i ran it for about two years with my brother um and then i went to university and you know i started drinking i guess and then everything <laughs> just sort of fell apart uh, um, not like alcoholic drinking, that makes it sound bad. Just stupid <laughs> student drinking that you do in universities when you're 18. Um, yeah, whatever you say. Uh, I'm just, I'm just so, picturing yeah. you in a dimly yeah. lit room, like just pounding beer after beer by yourself. <laughs> just kidding. That was, yeah, basically that, yeah. <laughs> um, under, the, under, under the guise of education. Uh, but, <laughs> so I didn't, yeah, I didn't interview him. And this was, he'd done a book called Hero Killers. And, you know, he, he wasn't really very well known, but I loved that book, Hero Killers. And, um, yeah, we had this long chat and, it, and you know, so I sort of, I'd spoke to him then. I never met him, but I spoke to him through that. And then I, I was just looking on Comixology when I was sat on the toilet one day, uh, like, like seven years later. Um, cause I'd got Comixology for all the free comics, you know, yeah. like do like, you know, single-ish. Yeah. So oh, and I, and I saw Declan Shavi's name on this, on this, um, Moon Knight book. And I was like, Warren Ellis, I know Warren Ellis, you know, Red Planetary and stuff. And yeah. I was like, that's really, really cool. Oh, yeah. That's, 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 that's amazing. This was like some dude who was doing some indie comics and now he's working at Marvel. So I had to buy it, obviously. Of course. Um, and it, they'd all come out by that point. It was after they'd all come out. And I, I, uh, I read the first one. And I was like, that is one of the best things I've ever read. So I you know, quickly, quickly bought all the other ones. I guess I got off the toilet at some point. I don't know whereabouts <laughs> in the reading of the six issues it was, but, uh, and yeah, I was just, I was like, wow. I was like, it, it was the issue that I, I did the first episode on, which was, um, I think it's called Scarlet. It was like the, like the, the sort of like, um, uh, dread, uh, yeah, the one uh, where he's the in the limo and, and just goes on that full raid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, incredible. I mean, there's comics like that already, but I guess not. I hadn't none, none were in my mind when I was reading it. It felt entirely unique. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so, so uh, that was that was what got me back into comics was reading that comic. And you know, and I went, I just went reading loads of stuff on Comicsology. I went back to my local comic shop and started a pull list, <laughs> and I, I was in it um, again. Uh, yeah, and that, and that was literally just by chance of just looking for something to do while I was just wasting some time. And uh, wow. Um, yeah. So I so so. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, Moon Knight. Yeah. So that's so I wrote an episode about Moon Knight because it was you know a thing stuck in my head as yeah. a good as a good comic. Uh, 
and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. I didn't really know what I wanted to say about it. I just, there was just, I just wanted to talk about how interesting it was. And, um, and I wrote this script and I recorded it and I edited it and I showed it to my girlfriend. Uh, and I was like, is this interesting or have I, is this a real like, is this a thing where I'm just, cause I'm, I'm one to, to, to rant and ramble. And I was worried <laughs> that, I, that I just recorded myself doing that. I know the um, feeling. Yeah. And she, and she was like, she was like, it's interesting. She was like, you sound really boring though. And I was like, Oh, oh cool. Thank you for the <laughs> vote of confidence. Um, and so, so I, but she said it in a nice way. It was not like an abusive relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, yet, but she said it in a nice way. And that's why, so I put it, I put it away on a hard drive and I was like, okay, maybe I'll come back and look at that another time. And then we got a dog, uh, Wow, this is such a weird story. What did you ask me? How did I start it? I don't know what. I don't even know. Hey, it's where okay. I'm going. I was I was asking I, about uh, how how uh, strip panel naked came about, but I I actually really like it. Keep going. <laughs> okay, so we, we got a dog uh, <laughs> after years of pressure uh-huh. from uh, my girlfriend. She kind of been asking. She'd be like, "We should. We need to get the dog. We need to get a dog." And I work in an office with two people who also have dogs, and the dogs are in the office. Okay. So I felt a bit left out anyway. And we eventually settled on uh, a Jack Russell cross pug called Cubert, named after the old arcade game. Not that he looks anything like him, um, <laughs> but whatever. Um, and so I was look. I, I was home for a few weeks looking after him. Uh, when he was a puppy and trying to train him and stuff or whatever. And I was just sat there like in between bouts of crazy. He'd fallen asleep and I was just on my laptop looking at stuff uh, that was on my hard drive, cleaning it up and stuff. And I found this project uh, for Moonlight and I kind of opened it up and I had a moment of uh, genuinely sort of pure uh, um, self-gratification. <laughs> I watched it back and I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, which is the most egotistical thing I think I've ever done. Hey man, uh, I mean, sometimes I, sometimes you have to you like sometimes it takes a little bit of ego and and uh, self congratulation to get something done. It's useful sometimes, yeah. And I think yeah. I'm I'm glad I had it at that point. I'm glad I had it. And and I watched it back and I was like, I agreed with Helen. I was like, this is incredibly. I sound I sound like I hate what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And I had a go. Uh, re-recording it because the thing is i know like you know i i i've recorded a lot of people that sounds weird that's a weird statement out of context <laughs> i as my job i film stuff so i end up you know, talking to a lot of people and recording a lot of people talking mm-hmm. and the thing we always say for voiceover that we always tell people to do is say it with a smile on your face and and that reads when you hear it yeah. um so i did that and i you know like a weirdo i'd smiling into a microphone and uh <laughs> reading about moonlight like killing people um and I just decided to release it. I couldn't think of a title, and then and then my girlfriend came up with, um, you know, there's like a card game called Strip Jack Naked. Oh yeah. And she was like, "What if you change Jack panel?" And I was like, "That's kind of cool. It's like revealing the, you know, the, you know, taking the clothes off the panel and revealing its truth, or what? I don't know, some yeah, something yeah. ridiculous like that." No, I like it. Um, it's a weird name because if you search it, you get a lot of interesting results. I didn't, think, I didn't, I didn't think about it at the time. I didn't think it was <laughs> going to be a thing I carried on doing every week yeah. for a year. Uh, when I was thinking of when I started it, but there you go, the name stuck. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I released it, and I and then uh, Declan Shalvey saw it, and then he like retweeted it straight away, and he did like a big tweet thing about how people should take notice of it and stuff. It was incredible. Like, like it was probably the best response I could have hoped for. Yeah, it's um, incredible. And then people were interested in it. I was like, I didn't, I honestly just didn't think that there was a you know that there was really an audience for this kind of stuff i guess because no one was really doing it so i just assumed um it's very hard to find a niche of stuff and it wasn't even like i was purposely finding it's just it was just what i was interested in and people people responded to it it it, it, like boggles the mind it it blows my mind when i think about 
when I think about it. Yeah, man. Does that I mean, answer the question? Yeah, no, that totally answers the question. I, because I found, I think the Moon Knight video, I actually, I must have found it like in the first week that you had released it because I was in, like, I'm a big video essay consumer. And so I'll, I was watching like, you know, Nerd Writer videos and uh, Every Frame of Painting and like Captain Christian, other people like that. Uh, and yours came up in one of the, uh, in like one of the suggestions one time and i was like holy shit like oh, well, is this a uh you know i was like is this like a uh an equivalent of those video essays but for comic books which is you know obviously like <laughs> my number one passion i was like please god let it be <laughs> let it be that and i watched i was like holy shit like you you completely uh I, and I think it's this way for a lot of people in comics and partially why so many creators i think uh love your channel is that it totally it took something that you know, we all kind of like read and loved, but then gave us a sense of why it worked. Because oftentimes when you're mm -hmm. reading a comic, uh, you know, you just you just read it and you just consume it. And you're like, wow, that was really good. Like I, you know, like mm -hmm. a lot of these reviewers, they're just like, oh, it was good. The art was clean, whatever. Uh, but you don't mm -hmm. necessarily think about why it worked and why you loved it. And so, yeah, for sure. Watching that video is like a a revelation of like oh my god there's like somebody <laughs> is out here actually like deconstructing comics because it, it feels sometimes like comics is such a niche and it, it is really like a niche small sort yeah, of genre. yeah it definitely is yeah and so it's it's cool when like some of these things that uh you know like video essays where you know movies and and tv and things like that they're afforded the luxury because of their their large uh audience they're afforded the luxury of having these video essays and these little things that are all analyzing them but you don't get that as much with comics and so it was cool to see that um and yeah that's I mean, the joke that i always make though because I, I i always say like to my girlfriend when we, when we talk about it, i'm always like i picked uh something that was already a niche <laughs> in terms of comics <laughs> and i was like how do i make that audience smaller and that's and that's how we came up with strip power naked that's awesome though man i mean super super niche is uh is where is where i live um <laughs> but it's really cool so and and uh i guess not to not to do a uh, christopher nolan out of sequence thing here but uh i'm wondering you know b because of all this like you're you know super into comics and everything and and a lot of these comics that you talk about uh you know you mentioned starting with british comics and stuff but you're also apparently very into uh american comics marvel and dc and image and all that mm. um but how did that come about i mean first where did you grow up uh, I grew up in a in a uh, I, I, well, I was born in a place called Doncaster in in, in England, which is like a um, near Sheffield. I mean, people don't know where these places are. It's in the <laughs> north, um, and uh, you know, I, 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 and I, we moved to Newcastle, and we well, I grew up in Newcastle for you know eight years, and then we moved back to Doncaster, which is kind of where my family's from. Uh, well, half my my my, my dad's. Uh, side is Alger is from Algeria. Uh, Algeria mm -hmm. is from Algeria. That's, that's not uh, from Algeria. <laughs> uh, he's so he's so he's Algerian. He he moved over to England when he was uh, seventeen, eighteen, um, and then met my mum shortly after. And so I grew up in the north. Uh, we didn't have tons of money. Um, we were you know kind of sort of I guess sort of working class trying to move into middle class. Either I guess is probably what you classify us. Mm -hmm. Lived at a council house for a while. Stuff like that, but it, we weren't. We weren't. I don't think we. We, we, we never like poor, poor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like bad poor. But we we didn't. We never had tons and tons of money. So the idea of going to like a comic shop and buying comics was uh, we. It's not a thing we could afford. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't even read comics until I was um, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. 
Um, and my, you know, the, the, not not beyond like the Beano, which is I, I don't know if you got, if you know I what don't that know is. That but, actually. What is uh, it? The Beano is just kind of like I don't know what an American equivalent of that is. It's just kind of like um, a kids comic, like a weekly kids comic. Huh. It's loads of like little short stories, and it's like Dennis the Menace, and oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but not your Dennis the Menace, like our weird Dennis the Menace. <laughs> it's, it's, anyway, yeah, it's like so it's like Beano and Dandy, and like um, like it, it's so it's so hard to describe what that is because I don't know anything else that's like it. It's just like it's just like kind of British kids comics, basically. Okay. Yeah, like kind that. of a little bit wacky and a bit weird and stuff, and yeah. everyone reads them. Okay. Um, and there's also there's a guy on my Twitter um, called Matt Matthew Craig, and I love him so much because every nearly every week, if I do a shout out for like what comics are people buying this week, every week he gives me a message to tell me to go get the Beano, and I always forget <laughs> because they don't sell it in a comic shop. It's like you know, it's the sort of thing you buy like a newsagent or a, oh, um, yeah. like a grocery store you know, or something. Grocery store. I'm so bad with Americanism. Yeah. So, and I keep <laughs> what do you what do you call those? Every, in, uh... Like every single time. What do you call those in England? Like in like a newsagent just... or a corner shop. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a corner shop's a weird, a weird Englishism because it's like most like our, our corner shop. Even though I call it a corner shop, is is in the middle of a street. It's not on a corner. I don't, I don't know. It's a weird thing. That's funny. Yeah. So I didn't. It's weird. Yeah. So I didn't read comics until I was fourteen. And my friend uh, Tom Wardak, who I presume won't listen to this, should I say his name? I'm, yeah, do that, it. I'm, say it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You can find him. Yeah, uh, I, I can bleep cool it out if we he, need to. <laughs> <laughs> and he he um yeah he lent me a um i don't know if you like if you ever had the um essentials marvel books yeah. like, they were oh, like yeah. black and white reprints yeah they're like phone book size black and white reprints <laughs> yeah, they're of, huge. and he gave me like spider-man essential spider-man volume three or something like that and it was but the thing is you could just read them you know the old ones because they were like it was like a story in an issue yeah you know, it was like he, he beats up the hobgoblin someone's gonna tell me that's wrong because he wasn't around in volume three i don't know these of the green goblin uh and then you know it's over at the end and then you know it's like a sitcom where everything just reverts to the, the same like at the end of the issue and then, yeah. you know you, you, the so i, I, I like that thing like, i love that thing yeah it's just yeah everything's the same for but again someone's probably going to be like no that's not true because you know something happens here I, I don't remember it that well just don't, just don't worry it was... about it they're they they'll find something <laughs> to hate no matter what that's what i've learned <laughs> But I remember it was good, uh, and I remember I'd never really read anything like it before. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, I, I knew Spider Man from because uh, I think the original, I think the to- the first Tobey Maguire film would come out by that point. Um, so I remember, and uh, I, I knew bits about it and stuff. But like that was just it, it just blew my mind. It was so cool. It was so like alive. Even though it was in black and white, it was just something about it that just captured my attention. And then from there, that's when I you know I went online and was like, "What are good comics to read?" And then. I think New Avengers, the Brian, is it New Avengers, the Brian Bendis one oh, yeah, with yeah. Um, David Finch, was it? Yeah, there like was, that. Would he... that have just started or uh-huh. something? I think 2004, maybe. So around around about then. That sounds about right. Yeah. It's like right around that yeah. like Civil War era for Marvel. Yeah. If we say it with enough confidence, then it will yeah. sound right. It works. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was 2004. Uh, whatever it was, it was like it was kind of like that period, and um, I picked up a bunch of stuff like that. And over the years, I kind of picked up uh, um, uh, all the Ultimates, you know, like the Mark Miller, oh, Mark yeah. Miller one, um, and because I got a job, so that was the, that was the amazing part. I, my dad made me get a job, and I got a job selling. Um, I was, doing, I was like flipping burgers in a burger van, you know, oh, yeah. you know, like do you like you know, like on the side of us. I was was in a park, so I I got up every every Sunday at like six or seven o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. and went with my auntie, and we got in this burger van and we drove to this park, and for like ten hours, I just flipped burgers uh, and cooked hot dogs and fried onions, <laughs> um, 
And there was a guy. There was a guy who always came round like first thing in the morning when we got there with a massive tin of coffee, and I'm so sure he stole it. But he was selling it for so cheap. My my auntie just bought it every single time. We just sold this, I guess, stolen coffee out of this burger van. Anyway, hey, no coffee so, better yeah, than stolen whatever. coffee. Yeah, <laughs> so we we uh, yeah, so we, we I had money and I obviously was too stupid to think about saving it for anything. So I just went and spent it all on comic books, um, nice. and then I hid the rest in a in a, in a VCR case for um, <laughs> Last Action Hero, you know the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Yeah. So I used to I used to hide my my earnings because I, I had this weird thing where I was afraid of banks. Um, I was huh. reading like Lawrence Block, the, the crime author, and he wrote a series of books about, about a thief called Bernie Rodenbar. And they were really cool, like classic crime stories uh-huh. um, where Bernie Rodenbar would be framed for a crime. You know, he, like he'd be breaking in to steal something, but then the police would show up inexplicably, like he was so quiet. And then he would have to solve the crime. And then he'd get everyone into a room at the end of the at the end of the book, and he'd be like, "It was this guy." And they were awesome. They were really funny. And but Bernie Rodenbar had loads of little tips about how to hide your stuff from burglars. And like one of them was um, put your money. In, so basically, unscrew like a light, like a, a, a switch on a uh, wall, yeah. and then take the you know tape all the wires up and move them out of the way, and then put your money in that hole, and then <laughs> screw the fat the face back on, and then plug in a radio, but have the radio be battery powered, uh-huh. and no one will ever look for it. So I had all these weird, like I had all these weird ideas about like who's hey, someone <laughs> might come in and steal my fifteen pounds, so I better hide it in a stack of VCR cases in the Last Action Hero. That's incredible. Um, it was a weird kid, clearly. Uh, <laughs> So, so uh, what are we talking about? Comics. So yeah, so I spent all my money on comics. So my my dad worked somewhere where there was a comic shop, um, mm-hmm. and he you know he would he was like driving like an hour there and an hour back every day, and I would give him. So I would email this comic shop and say, "This is what I want from this week," um, you know, two or three books, and then I'd I'd give my dad some money in the morning in a little envelope, I guess, in case he lost it. I don't know. <laughs> and then my dad would go into the shop, pick up the comics, pay the pay the dude, and then you know bring them back for me or whatever. That's awesome, man. Um, that's, and that's, so that was my first proper exposure to like to comics. That's a pretty uh, like like a lot of people, you know, at least that I talk to. Like most of the people I've had on the the show so far have been American, and so typically it's just like, oh yeah, I had a comic book store in my neighborhood, and you know, somebody <laughs> gave me a comic book or whatever. And you're like, oh yeah, like there was a comic book store that was an hour away that I had to like go through all of this process to make sure that I got what I wanted to get, like emailing. Oh, and the call just dropped. Hold, please. That was weird. Sorry, Scott kicked uh, me off. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just uh, I'll I'll pick up where we left off. Um, yeah, you were saying like American, they've got because you've got comic shops everywhere. Yeah, so so in America, like we, you know, everyone that I talk to from America, we, you know, they just talk about the comic book store that was in their neighborhood. But you're like, you know, dealing with the guy who's an hour and away, sending emails and then giving money <laughs> to your dad and having him go and like do it for you. Like it's a pretty elaborate process uh, for something. That's a uh, that's awesome, <laughs> but I like it. it. Was, I... Yeah, it was weird. The, the guy was really well. The guy was really cool in the comic shop, and like my dad, my dad would describe the like the process because <laughs> I think my dad was kind of like weirded out about going to a comic shop because obviously, like my dad, it was such an alien thing. Um, I can't like the idea of a comic shop. Uh, he'd never been into one before. Before I like made him go into this one, so I googled like comic shops in Hull where my dad worked, and uh. I found this place and. So my, my dad has had to go in by, like without me. I've never been. I didn't. I'd only been in there like one time when I went to work with my dad once, and that was like you know months and months and months into the process by that point. <laughs> but my dad would describe the the transaction like he would go into the shop, 
And I don't want to say my dad was like the only brown guy that went in there, but I presume that there wasn't a lot. Okay. And so the guy like recognized him immediately by sight. My dad said for the very first time, <laughs> uh, look, just, I think, I think just based on his name, cause I told the guy like, you know, the guy knew my name and I told him my dad's name. So I think he just assumed, but cause my dad said straight away before he said anything, he had like the packet, like the, 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 you know, the folder of comics, like out ready to give it straight away. Um, but my dad, my dad was like, it was really weird. It was, you know, it was just like, I would walk in, we wouldn't say anything. He would just have the comics ready. I would just give him the money and I would leave. And I was like, and if you knew my dad, that was like, that is just the perfect description of like a transaction my dad would have with something that was uncomfortable. It was so, I, I love the idea of it so much. It's such a funny visual to me. And I, that's it. I'm just, I'm just good that I never got to see it happen. Like, because yeah. when I went in there, obviously I was chatty, but I'd love to be like a fly on the wall. There's just this weird like imagine if you're in the room and just this guy walks in gets given something hands him some money says nothing and walks straight back out so surreal so surreal that would be very weird like you're just picking up your comics like is this like a front for like drugs or like like, what's going on in this place that's definitely what it would look like yeah yeah for sure (laughs) that's funny yeah i mean you you and i actually uh apparently got into comics at like the same time but on two ends of the coin because i was I was like hardcore DC when I first got into comics. Uh, and it sounds like most of your mm-hmm. stuff was Marvel when you first got in, but it was right around that same era. It was a good era for comics, though. I mean, like everything that came out during that time was pretty much solid gold. I, it, I think, like, because I, I think, I think just, you know, as we, as we, as we get old, I, this is the thing that I have with comics, uh, you know, the comics community or whatever, <laughs> is that it's so easy it's like i i tweet about stuff like this a lot i think it's so easy just to be like yeah it's so easy just to like shit on stuff uh can i sorry can i swear so no swear swear as much as you want man we got no limits okay 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 (laughs) Uh, it's it's so easy to shit on stuff because it that to me and this is not like i'm not saying this is the case for everyone like Mm -hmm. there are some things that aren't that just aren't very good but i think it as like when we look online at the way we um present ourselves on social media and stuff like that um you know a lot of it is presenting a certain image that we want people to see of us mm-hmm. um so and it's so much easier you know especially when it's social media and it's you as a person it's so much easier to just stand up and say i this thing fucking sucks right yeah yeah because because if someone turns around and says no i like it you can just be like well you're an idiot yeah but if, but then the other response is people go yeah you're right it's shit whereas if you stand up and say i don't like i like i love this thing you you bear your soul a little bit more like you 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 open yourself up to criticism so much more easily yep and people are i think people are just are generally a little bit scared to just stand up and say Do you know what? I, like i really like this thing like i've liked a lot of comics that people have said are bad and i've liked i'm sure that i've like, i've hated a lot of comics that people have said were really really good and that, you know it's the same with all media like i've, I've loved loads of films that i'm sure critically are just genuinely quite terrible yeah and i'm sure a lot of people have but it doesn't mean that doesn't mean i can't like that thing no but what i think what people are scared about and it's not just comics obviously but i think what people are scared about doing is just saying you know i like i really really like this thing yeah like here's why i love it and if someone if, if someone's don't they don't, if someone doesn't like it okay cool you fine but i love it and here's why i love it and yeah. I, I like i kind of wanted to bring a little bit to it as well and i but i think with like I think that there's a lot, it's so easy just to, to have only like, cause when I was a kid, I used to look at reviews all the time. So I was, you know, in theory, I was only buying good stuff. So when I look back at that and think it was all amazing, I might've just been reading the, you know, the two or three books a month that were really good. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas like now people read a lot more and they have, they have access to a lot more stuff. And so it's, I think, and also, yeah, we, I think we just, as a culture, we just like to hate stuff more than we like to like stuff. So I think, of course, I, 
I don't disagree, but I'm, I, I don't know if I wholeheartedly agree, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And I, I absolutely uh, get what you're saying, because that's, that's been a huge ongoing thing on the show. Like every time we have a discussion, inevitably the thing that comes up is like, why the hell does, you know, geek culture, comic book culture, why is it so, um, I guess, why is it so inherent to the to the belief or to the culture that, you know, we're just going to shit on everything that, that comes out no matter what, or, <laughs> you know, or things suck until you prove me that it's good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's... We, I think we have as, like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, that's it's, it is something that bugs me, because I, I do have a lot of nostalgia for, like, when I started reading comics, uh, you know, like the, the <laughs> Jeff Johns Teen Titans and, like, you know, Civil War and, like, all the stuff that was coming out during that era, I absolutely unabashedly love. But at the same time, I'm not, like... Like, I didn't look... I wasn't one of the people who was looking at the New 52 and going, oh, this sucks so bad. Why does all this suck? Because <laughs> I, I found a lot of stuff in the New 52 that I liked, and that allowed... Like, the New 52 was the best thing that could have happened ever within the circle of my friends because I had all these non-comic book reading friends that, like, I had this window where I could just hand them DC comics that didn't <laughs> require any prior reading. Uh, and I, and I, so yeah. I made a lot of new comic book readers that way, but... Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry that was a that was a tangent. Um, what were you gonna say? No, no, no. No, I was gonna I was gonna say like I think we um, we uh, like we, we we take ownership of stuff. I think that like maybe we shouldn't. Um, I think we it's easy for us as fans because it's because it's kind of like um, you know like like the idea of like you were saying the idea of how I buy co- bought comics was kind of ridiculous and it, yeah. it, it it was like it shouldn't be that hard for for me to have bought comics. Um, but because it is, it can because it's almost like a um, there's like a bar you have to get. It's like almost like an entrance exam to a to a school or whatever. Like <laughs> there there is a there is a set amount of loops you have to jump through to get to the point where you can buy single issues of comics. Mm-hmm. And so we 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 almost kind of look at it like you know I passed the test so I know about this stuff so therefore I, I my opinion is worth more than yours because it's like it always reminds me a little bit of. Um, I made a film about about wrestling uh, like you know four or five years ago, and we were talking to this uh, guy Robbie Brookside who is amazing. I think he's like a trainer with WWE, the NXT stuff now. Mm. And he um, he said this. So he he turned up to this uh, at the time. It was called a wrestling club. This was I think in the seventies, and this was a, a back when it was like it wasn't quite as known that it was you know we, they weren't quite as, like as honest about the way that wrestling works. Yeah. Um, and so essentially what would happen is he would turn up, he would pay money to go to this club and he would get into a ring with a guy who would actually hurt him, like hurt him, hurt him. <laughs> and then he would go home and then he would go back a week later and he would pay the money again and they would hurt him and they would go home. And it, he said it happened, you know, three weeks, four weeks in a row, or whatever he would go and they basically just beat him up for, for 20 minutes. Wow. And eventually they were like, okay, this kid's got something to prove. And then they would start showing him some stuff. And, it's it, it always think it always makes me think of that like if you put a barrier to entry to the thing that you're that you're asking people to 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 keep, to, to enjoy to get involved with yeah. then the people like that, that that break past that barrier that that work that put the effort in to get past that barrier they they're naturally going to feel more possessive over that stuff because well it's going to be a niche audience but also they they felt like they've worked to get to that point you know if 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 you do something with a character like Captain America say yeah. if you do something with a character that's got a long story history. The people who have been around and who have devoted time to that and money to that, they will feel like they own a certain part of that character. Yeah. And again, I'm not. This sounds really judgmental. I'm not saying it like it's wrong because, it, we, you know, 
I feel I have the same reaction as well to a lot of this stuff. You know, I feel like I've put in the time and the effort and you, you're fucking around with something that I really, really like and I, I don't appreciate it. So it, I understand it's like a very natural reaction to have to stuff like that. Yeah. But that to me is just that's just systemic of a, of a bigger problem, which is comics are really, really hard to get into. And they, they, they force you to work very, very hard to even get into them. Whereas if you notice, you know, stuff like stuff like the novels, a general novel doesn't have that same barrier of, of entry. And therefore, people don't care as much in novels. There are certain subsets of communities like Lord of the Rings fans or whatever. Yeah. And again, there is a level of that where they've gone deeper than the rest of you. They know more about it than me. So therefore, they have they are, they are entitled to a bigger opinion about it than me. That might be the case. And that has happened. And fair enough, if you know more about Lord of the Rings than me, then you've probably got a better <laughs> opinion about it. But, but you, like, I don't know if this is making any sense, but it's like by yeah. doing that, by putting that barrier of entry in, then we na- naturally feel more entitled. And therefore, that's when that idea of like my opinion means more than yours comes from was that the question jason or have i just gone off on a different (laughs) tangent again uh you know honestly like whatever whatever it was i don't remember if it was the question or not but i i love it i mean it was good (laughs) stuff (laughs) that's the point it's like that'll happen the whole way through this that's fine the point is not the question that i ask the point is whatever answer you want to give you're you're the guest um Okay, but, <laughs> that's good. That's a nice rule. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I totally get what you mean, and I think that uh, like I've I've done a lot of talking lately about like um, just the the way that uh, the big two handle their uh, collected edition releases. You know, their trade paperbacks and their hardcover editions. The way that they wait so long to release those. The way that they handle releasing them. The way that they try to force people into single issues. Uh, I think is is completely harmful to growing the industry um Mm -hmm. you know and i I also think sometimes that as much as i love like dc rebirth you know and and some of these things like that uh part of me does kind of think that this whole like returning to legacy numbering and like bringing back the old heroes and like all that stuff sometimes i feel like it might be antithetical to bringing in young readers and new readers um if you're like bringing back in all this continuity and you're you're you know putting all of this history back into stuff as much as i love it because i've been reading this stuff for so long like Mm -hmm. it's like it shouldn't be appealing to me you know what i mean i'm reading comics basically regardless and so if the industry changes like i'm just gonna have to kind of get on board with that if i want to keep reading comics but for somebody who's not reading them you know if you give them hey here's issue 690 whatever of spider-man or here's, you know, issue one, and not just like a surface level issue one, but like an actual issue one of Spider-Man, you know, <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Because like they keep renumbering for yeah, no yeah. reason. Uh, I don't know, like I, I have all these conflicting thoughts, but either way, I just, I think that, like you're saying, if comics appeal more to the book market, like Image has, uh, that all of a sudden you'll find a lot more casual comics readers, Uh which mm-hmm. is something that we desperately need, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're I don't, well. I, I, I just don't, I don't think comics uh, like I I buy single issues because I feel um, I kind of feel like bad if I don't support a thing because it's it's, yeah. it's like Catch Twenty Two where if you don't buy the singles, then it might not make it to the trade. That's fair. But the trade is a better reading experience, I would say generally, because again, I I like like I'm much more used to to reading like a thing like a complete thing yeah so it always feels weird to me to like read something and then wait four weeks for the like the next little sort of slim chapter of that to come out and stuff which is why i really like stuff like headlopper where it combines the it kind of combines like the two so it's like a bigger single issue 
it yeah. comes out a little bit a little bit longer but i like they've made there's, there's so many problems with getting into comics like the single issue thing is just i it's just such a dreadful way to read something mm-hmm. it, like especially if it's if it's not written and that's and that's the hard part. You got you, the thing is you can't you kind of got to write it for the single issue, but you've also got to write it for the trade, and that's a, that's not a good like position to put people in. Which I think is why part of re- the reason why that Moonlight um, series with El- uh, Ellis and Shalvey hooked me in so much because each each issue was a story. It's a bit like Planetary. Like each one told you a story and it ended. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was sat- I was satisfied, but. For most people who want to read comics, like if if because I've done it because I got a bunch of my friends into comics. You know, people people that I knew that have watched Strip Alan Aiken, they were like, "Oh, that comic seemed really interesting. Have you got any that I can borrow?" I'm not. I, in no way will I give them like a single issue of a thing Hell no. because they wouldn't know, they wouldn't know what to do with it. So I, I've given them a bunch of trades and stuff like that, and they, and they really really like that. But the, that's the problem is if you switch the entire industry to trades, then you're kind of killing like the comic shops and you're killing uh, a weird part of your well, not a weird part, a big big part of your fan base in a weird way. Yeah. So it's it's like it's like comics as a, as a medium as a as an industry is like a really double edged sword where to get new readers in, I think it's so hard to get them in um, as single issues. I think as kids, it's it's easier if you get them in young. But if yeah. you're looking to convert like an like an, an older audience, like you can't do that with single issues, I don't think. No, and um, unless unless the yeah attuned to it. Yeah, and that like that's kind of why, especially with image series. I mean, I like it bugs me that Marvel cancels their series so quickly because like <laughs> Marvel has no reason to like be like, oh, it well we're on issue three and it's not selling super well, so let's just cancel it. Like, come on, you, you can yeah. afford to wait for the trade for Marvel, but um. For for Image, like any time there's a new series that comes out that I think is interesting, I'm like, okay, like I'll buy you know the first like issue or two uh, in singles and then wait for the trade um, if I like it type thing because I, I I do see like the importance of especially for creator owned comics, there's such a huge importance on that comic being successful enough to carry it through until past the first trade yeah. release. Um, but it is it is kind of that thing where like I think yeah for experience like for people who have been reading comics for a long time the single issue is kind of the you know accepted format that people read in uh, mm-hmm. but then for new readers it's like yeah you've you've got to be able to have that trade um, for them to pick up because otherwise like you said they just they don't know what to do with it um, yeah it's it's but I, but I always feel bad because like I had I had. Um... Casper Wingard and Dan Waters, who mm. did Limbo, yeah. uh, the image, the image series, I and series. Um, I had them on strip panel naked. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a cool book, and I, like I picked it up. I felt really bad after I spoke to him because I, I picked it up as a as a trade um, afterwards, like you know months after it had come out. Yeah, um, and they would you know they they talk about it on the show that like it was it was they they like. Casper worked really hard, like you know in terms of the art, that's a lot of work on that book, and. Mm. They the single issues just didn't sell in the way that they hoped that they would sell, mm-hmm. um, and it's like the people that are picking it up in the trades afterwards. It's like that they need that obviously, but if a lot of those people had kind of got the single issues, it might have done a little bit better for them. Yeah, and so it, it's kind of like it, it it needs your support at both levels, and it's not. I think people think like if a comic's on a shelf, then people are making money. Uh, and everyone's doing okay, but it's not. You know, it, it's it's again, it's not like it's not as like simple as that. And comics. Like they just they like the numbers they sell in like a popular a popular series it really does not sell to a lot of people even though it's a really really popular series like Saga yeah. sells what like fifty thousand copies per issue something like that, and yeah. that's like that's like top end for for comics yeah 
and yet fifty thousand people reading you know for a for a mass media thing that's like uh, you know like marvel stories that's getting turned into like multi-billion dollar films yeah that's a tiny it's a tiny audience it's such a small small audience and so you need to tap into that massive massive base and they really start need to start getting new readers and that's like i think that's where the the the, the kind of turning point is going to be is like can can comics well probably it's more the films can films really convert people into reading comics because that's probably where you're going to get your biggest audience uh, base from and bringing them in absolutely and that's not just films, obviously, that's like, that's the shops, that's the, the engagement around it, that's like the marketing and everything like that. But do do DC and Marvel really see their comics businesses as big businesses, or do they see them as just IP farms for generating their, their, their big, um, like, multi-billion dollar films? And yeah. I think that's where you, that's, that's, the, that's the real question is like, do they really want to put a lot of money and effort into something that doesn't make them any, or doesn't make them a lot of money? Or do they just, or do they just want to, you know, get some really cool writers they can pay very, very little to in comparatively comparatively pay very little yeah. to, to create the next like cool story for their next big blockbuster film that's gonna keep them going for years and years <laughs> and that's the question and when you think of it from purely business terms it doesn't really make much sense to start pumping tons and tons of money into to really pushing comics yeah um in the way that like maybe i believe they should be pushed so that's where you've got to start looking at like the book publishers or like Marvel and DC as as people that publish trades to the book market. Yeah. Um, which again, it just comes full circle, I guess, to what we're kind of talking about that like that's probably the best way to get new readers in. Yeah, I mean, well, because you look at uh, there's there's a couple of of examples, and I I always watch the um, the monthly uh, sales numbers and the yearly sales numbers, and mm-hmm. I've been fascinated to see the trade market grow over the years. Uh, and what's even more fascinating is that every every year at the end of the year there are uh two comics that you can guarantee will have at least uh four volumes in the top 10 and those are the walking mm-hmm. dead and saga yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. what's always interesting is that at the end of every year without fail every single year in the top 10 is volume one of the walking dead and volume one of saga <laughs> And then the most recent volume of The Walking Dead and the most recent volume of Saga. Mm-hmm. Both of those are in the top 10 without fail ever since, you know, mm-hmm. they both series came out, basically. Or, well, since The Walking Dead TV show came out and then since Saga uh, came out. And what I've found is that, I mean, there are a lot of people that I know who basically just read Saga or just read The Walking Dead uh and then when they do expand into other comics it's like oh okay like let's look at you know something else from Kirkman or something else from Vaughn or mm-hmm. you know the the sort of third extension of that is something else from Image um mm-hmm. yeah and so i think i think that that book market does get people because now i'm sure that you know the the trade sales of saga the people who pick up volume 1 and then you know catch up in the trades or whatever will start, you know, picking up those those single issues once they get caught up and sort of need that fix. Um, and so yeah, I, I yeah. almost I almost feel like that's how you convert new readers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. And it, stuff like Comixology is going to make it a lot easier just to, to to get past that barrier of entry that, like I said, like I had. Um, because you could just kind of, like, grab it on your tablet, like, immediately. Yes. And all, like... Yeah, you can. I think you can even do like the subscription stuff, can't you, for Comicsology? So it's just it's just there every month, ready like ready for you. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's a good way. But again, it's like I think to, I think I just I just like comic shops, man. So that, that to me is always the, is always the thing that I think about is like how do you get more people to comic shops? And it they're really like they're like they're, they are really scary. Like even when I when I first went back into one after you know after my like hiatus or whatever you want to call it, like mm-hmm. that even that was kind of 
was kind of scary because I didn't, re- you know, I didn't know anything about DC or Marvel for that whole like chunk of time. I wasn't really reading comics, yeah. So I was kind of like, what, you know, what if someone asks me a question? <laughs> what, <laughs> what, if, what if someone asks, says something to me about like what Spider Man's been doing this month? Like, what do I do in that situation? And it, because it feels like a little bit of a club, and that's the thing is, once you're in, it's okay. Like, what, like now my comic shop knows I don't read, like. Uh, I, you know, a specific set of superhero kind of books is what I read, and I don't necessarily know a lot about what's going on in certain little, you know, certain kind of books like Guardians of the Galaxy, or whatever. I don't really read a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So that, like, that the the conversation, topic conversation, never goes there. But there's always that's like always my fear is like, what if someone mentions it, and I'm just like the guy at the back of the room who's like the loser who doesn't know about Guardians of the Galaxy comics. <laughs> so, and that's you'll I don't think you'll never get rid of that, but it's no. like it's all about comic shops making it more welcome, but it's like, it's like getting people to go to these little places, these little, like often what are quite small places yeah. um, that are really scary and like really hard. If you don't know what you're looking for to go in there and find the thing you're looking for. And that, and that's like, that's, I think that's just impo- like near impossible. I, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to start like figuring that out. Yeah. I, and it's a question that I'm always thinking about and I'm actually like with some future episodes here, I'm, I'm going to be um, bringing some retailers on and stuff like that because that's awesome. That's I'm, cool. I do. I, I love it, and it's actually, I mean, it's it's something that I picked up from um, David Harper, who does the uh, off-panel podcast. He usually, it's like every 20 episodes or so, he'll talk to another retailer and kind of have a check-in, um, and I'm endlessly, endlessly fascinated by how retailers approach uh, bringing in, you know, new readers or, you know, helping out new readers when they do come in, because it is, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so foundational and so integral to the business growing because, especially because of Diamond and because of the way that the industry works, like, you can pretty much only pick up comics at a comic book store, uh, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, I, I don't know, I find it super fascinating. Um, and I am curious, because you, you talked about Limbo, and I, you know, I mean, I picked up, I didn't even know about Limbo, and I'm, like, I follow comics, but I didn't know about Limbo up until I saw... Mm-hmm. Uh, your strip panel naked on it, and then I was like, "Holy shit, I have to pick that up." Uh, <laughs> and so, and so I read it, and I, I'm curious that with series like that, you know, where they're a creator-owned series and it goes for a certain number of issues and then kind of stops, um, mm-hmm. I'm curious if we might start seeing uh, like a series like Limbo, where maybe the trade sales, and I don't know what their trade sales numbers are, but uh, where after the series sort of concludes or whatever, you know, if the trade sales start picking up enough um you know or or get enough traction that maybe at some point later they might you know say let's do another volume of it and see how it goes um yeah you know or in the case like you have a lot of creators uh who will start out their careers on a really small independent book that doesn't get them much you know Mm -hmm. attention or anything but it gets them a you know a job at marvel or dc to sort of build a fan base and then after they have that fan base maybe returning to that well and bringing it back Um, yeah 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 I don't know. I like I, I, I always think about stuff like that because there's a lot of creators who will just start off on like such a small series that people just aren't paying attention to, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I think, I, I, it, yeah, I mean, cause that, that, that has happened as well. That's That has happened like a bunch of times. But, and, and that's like, that's, this is what is like, like <laughs> endlessly fascinating about uh, comics and comics as an industry and stuff is there is so much, uh, there is so much like love for it, and there is so like like the the fan base is like a like you know like a very dedicated dedicated fan base. Mm-hmm. But so much of I think so much of what like happens uh, and goes on, almost like behind the scenes or, in, or or even like the work put into the books and stuff seems kind of invisible to unless you're like really going out of your way to try and like 
find out about it it kind of goes invisible and like you know i didn't like a lot of the stuff that i've learned and understood about about making comics has come from chatting to creators on strip panel naked and stuff and then you know like likes haven't taken a stab and like kind of doing my own things like that um but a lot of that i wouldn't have had that ex- that knowledge or whatever or that experience if i hadn't have just kind of like reached out to people and kind of got an understanding of of their process and how they worked and things like that yeah and so it's because because you don't because you don't you, know, you never do you know if you're a fan of films it's it, it takes you to go an extra step to say if you want to really really like learn how a film is made or to get the experience of how a film is made or to understand what goes into it there is still a step beyond being a fan of something and then kind of like knowing a bit more about the inner workings of it and also sometimes you just don't want to do that because you, when you do that you lose the magic a little bit yeah. like that's what i'm always worried about like the strip panel naked stuff is if i try and show someone <laughs> how i feel like something works have i just made that less magic for someone have i made that have i take have i have i like revealed the magician's secret and gone yeah. oh well you liked it because these kind of things work to move you quickly through the story and it's a bit like oh right yeah it seems less impressive when you put it like that <laughs> I, I am curious how people because like for me i'm you know i'm i'm writing a comic book right now that, that i'm hoping to publish and like that's you know that's what i want for my career is to do podcasts and to do mm-hmm. comics and so like when i see videos like that i'm like you know i look at it as as education and sort of studying for for my craft you know and so it's like like that's how i view it but i'm always curious how somebody who doesn't you know have any aspirations of you know like and it's same with every frame of painting you know like if people don't have aspirations mm-hmm. to create comics or to create films or whatever if they look at that and it does take any magic away from them or if they're just like oh that's really cool to see you know kind of like behind the scenes uh like like uh dvd special features you know <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um well yeah. there's the, I, have, I have comments and stuff on the channel which are really cool which are um i think just from people kind of saying a similar thing to what you kind of like what you said at the start which was um you know they they knew they always liked a book but i've kind of helped them look at it in a different way and stuff like that and i think that's always i suppose that's always really cool and that's kind of the reaction i guess that i like i want or the, the reaction that always kind of makes me feel like a bit warm inside <laughs> uh is is, is is stuff like that Hell yeah. um so it's nice to know that it's not it's not ruining it ruining it, uh, ruining it completely but yeah. there is like you said there is a whole there's a whole like video essay culture and stuff around uh, films and music and um, and stuff like that, and, and hopefully a bit more through comics and stuff like that as well as, as like as as time progresses. That hopefully, you yeah. know, I've been sent a bunch of channels from people um, who have started doing stuff because they saw strip panel naked videos, which is really really cool to see. Like that's to me that's insane that so because I see other people's work and it has inspired me to make something. So it's weird to think that someone kind of saw the strip panel naked videos and were inspired to do their own and stuff like yeah. that. But it's really really cool to see. And so hopefully that you know that was a big that was a big big message and or a big thing that i kind of want to do with with the channel as well we kind of try and open the discussion around comics as 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 art a little bit more as a thing that was kind of like premeditated and thought about as opposed to just some dude drawing people punching each other yeah to build that discussion a little bit a little bit broader yeah because people i think that especially for people outside comics they view rather than viewing the the pictures and the sequential you know art and like the just the 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 masterful storytelling that has to go into comics they sort of view it as like assistance for people who aren't as interested by words you know what i mean like that that that's how a lot mm-hmm. of people have an opinion of it and so when they see the artwork they don't see the artwork for oh look at this like incredibly beautiful thing and look at how well this person's able to tell a story they see it as oh look at this book that people like need added pictures to understand or whatever i don't know <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super interesting to me that people uh, see it that way, but I I always love it when I 
you know, find people or talk to people who did view it that way and then read something and find a whole new appreciation for it. Um, mm-hmm. But in talking, so in talking about Strip Panel Naked, I'm, ac- I'm actually curious, you mentioned, you know, sort of what the process was for how your Moon Knight video came out for, you know, how you sort of mm-hmm. went about doing that. But uh, since then, since it's become like a regular thing, what is your process for, uh, you know, for deciding a comic and, and deciding what to make the video on and all that stuff? Like, what's your creative process on these videos? Uh, I, I think I've managed to be to be really lucky in that I've people seem to be happy. Uh, I think anyway, with mostly whatever I kind of choose to to talk about. Like, uh-huh. I've not really had anyone who said like, uh, "I wish you didn't, you know, cover this comic or whatever because it's not interesting." So I mean, maybe they, maybe they say that, maybe they just don't. They just don't say it to me. But it's 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 it, you know, I've had a lot of people say like they um, even if it's something they've never heard of, uh, then they'll they watch the episode and maybe even they'll go you know, buy a copy of that comic or whatever. Um, so I, my my process is just whatever I find interesting. It's it's to take it to take to take away all the magic of this process. It really just comes down to like what have I read recently that I find interesting, or what, or what have I gone back to that I think like. I remember re- like really liking this book, for example. So like the Dark Knight Returns one, that was uh, that was more just like a, I really re- I remember Dark Knight Returns being like really really cool, but I haven't read it in a while. I might just check it out again. Yeah. Um, and and kind of just getting fascinated by the first couple of pages, uh, which is why a lot of the videos are about the first page. <laughs> because what happens is I, I I start reading a book and I'm like I, I read the first page and I'm like wow this is incredible and I get really carried away and I make a, I I I really I usually read with like a notebook near me and I end up making like a bunch of notes and stuff I I rarely enjoy reading a comic <laughs> just just enjoy reading a comic anyway. I get really carried away with uh with like writing little notes about it and stuff like that yeah um so that so that's usually what happens is I, I might just make some jot some notes down in my in my um in my notebook and then um figure it out and that 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 part's the hard that part's the hardest part that's the, that's that's the part that takes most of the time up um is you know finding something isn't necessarily the hard part because i might just read something that'll be like a thing that kind of seems interesting to me yeah. and i don't know what it is yet but that's the hard part is, is is figuring out like what 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 was it that was interesting and how do i how do i explore that a little bit more or how do i try and understand that or unpack or unpack that a little bit more like that that's the part that just takes so long sometimes it comes really quick and they're like the days i can be really really thankful for <laughs> but sometimes it's uh it's it's a it's like a long it's like a really really long process and it can be it can be kind of day, days and and hours and you know because i so my plan is i wake up really early in the morning and i try and get about you know two three hours of work in the morning before i go because i've got like an actual job so before, before i go my like, <laughs> the real job that i actually have to do to like live in the world yeah yeah um so I, I I wake up and, and work a little bit before that, and I work a little, little bit when I get home. And it's in those hours, that kind of like six, five to six hours extra a day, that I try and break it down and figure it out. Yeah. Um, and then once I've got it to a point where I'm kind, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Then I'll, then I really really quickly bash out a script, uh, like super quick, like twenty minutes. Oh wow! And then it's just staring at, and then it's just staring at that script. I mean, this is like no, this is after pages and pages of notes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like yeah. this is after really kind of understanding it. And I thought well, that's just like a garbage draft. It's just like I've vomited onto a document. And then I kind of spent some time just kind of like editing it and and. 
you know, thinking like, well, that segment's just, you know, I, obviously I have a want to go on the tangents. Sometimes I kind of go off about something else and I kind of think, I'll, maybe I'll save that for the patron or mm. um, it doesn't really fit in this in this, in this this kind of video. It's very, like, drifts off, drifts off to somewhere else. Yeah. And so I, I try to turn that around and then I record it and I edit the recording because I'm really bad at recording because uh, <laughs> I stumble over my words and sound really boring at some parts and stuff. <laughs> so I, that takes a bit of time. And then, and then it's editing and, some videos can some videos can be really quick to edit, um, you know, a couple of hours. Some videos can take most of a day. Um, some videos take ages. Mm-hmm. So it, it all it all depends on like how many different pages I'm talking about or how how um, you know obvious the thing is that I'm talking about or whatever. Yeah. Um, it it takes most of the week <laughs> to <laughs> to get episodes. I really want to be one of those people that's got like loads of episodes ready. Yeah. And they like schedule them weeks in advance. Um. But I, it takes so long for me to do it, and maybe I just need to get faster. But it takes so long to do them that it's it's literally like every single week. Like this week's for this Saturday, uh-huh. the one year anniversary. Oh, uh, hey! Which I congrats guess on the one year, down. man. That's awesome. Thank you. I, well, I guess it'll already it'll already have happened by the time this comes out. But oh, yeah. that that one now it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday evening, and I haven't written that yet. Oh shit! And that's starting to get that's stressing me out a little bit. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, if, so if I've we may, notes, what's that one on but, for the comic? Uh, there's two that I haven't just I just haven't decided between yet. Okay. Um, so it'll either be on Day Tripper, uh, which Ooh. is one of my favorite uh, comics, um, and kind of endings. Moon and Ball, or it yeah. might be on uh, Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire's uh, Underwater Welder mm. and its relationship with water. Damn, those are um, those are good. Uh, those are good comics. Either way, I, I'm fascinated to see what your thoughts are on them. Yeah, I, I've really stressed. I think the reason it's becomes so delayed as I've really been like racking my brain about what I can try and do if I, if there's anything I can do to make the one year anniversary episode like something different that I like I I think I've just struggled so <laughs> I, I think it might just be, it'll just be an episode and I think I'm I think maybe I might do like a live Q and A or something before it or something like that there you go. um to make it a bit more special but it's uh yeah so it it, it they take most of the week and um. I, I think I just work too. I think I work too much. I think that's definitely something I've learned about myself <laughs> over the past year. Because I should probably just take some time to do some other things. Uh, but yeah, it's it's but it's a fun process. Like the the feeling of when when I turn when I when I take that that when I make that first note about like that seems interesting to me. Like that where it piques my interest. And then that there's a moment when I when I crack it a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like you know when you break a story. I'm sure you had the same experience and yes. like. You when you when you figure a story out and there's just there's nothing like it and then there's that dread that kicks in afterwards where you figure realize you've got to write it so it's like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like the whole thing like ebbs and flows and uh. Uh, but yeah you know that that's that's kind of like how I go about writing writing the episodes but the, the, figuring them out is is it's just I think it's just it's just trial and error it's just like it's coming up with theories as to why something might be done in a certain way mm. and then trying to apply it to the rest of the book and then saying like oh it just kind of falls apart here so I don't think that's really true or um but it doesn't fall apart actually that works and it fits in with the framework for the rest of like the, the underwater welder one I noticed this thing in the first sort of um first sort of couple of pages when the the husband is talking to the wife in this um it's like a bar or something like a restaurant at like oh, near yeah, the dock yeah. and I noticed something in the pages now I was like Okay, so I dug through a few more. And I was like, okay, yeah, what well, that that fits my theory, and I kept reading through, and I was like, that really fit, that really fits the theory. So I can feel semi confident that that there's something behind that. I mean, <laughs> Jeff might Jeff might be like, no, that's just pure coincidence for a hundred pages or whatever. But I, I think that's the only way you can validate it. Is like you have to set it to a certain set of like criteria and rules. And usually for me, it's do I see that replicated in other sequences of a similar nature, mm. or if I don't, do I see it? Do I see it reversed or do I see a, a skew on that or whatever? 
so that's how I try and make sure that I, I feel like, at the very least, that I feel like I, even in myself, I feel like I'm not just like bullshitting. Because that's yeah. the scary part. It's you, you put something out there for like eight, eight, nine minutes, and it's just so obvious that you're just like you're talking nonsense. So I try as much as possible to make sure I'm not putting myself into that category. <laughs> I'm sure sometimes I fail. I'm sure there's definitely moments where I've like fallen apart, but I, I, at least I, I try and put myself to like a like a test to make sure it. At least I can feel comfortable putting it out there with my name on it, sort of thing. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, man, and I, I think that uh, I don't know. Obviously, you know, at some point, there's probably some degree of coincidence, but at the same time, I think that oftentimes, oh, <laughs> I, I think that oftentimes, though, like that coincidence is something that happens, you know, subconsciously while the person's putting it together. You know what I mean? Like, I think that regardless, it's still there yeah. and it's still part of the artwork. And I think that, you know, even even with Van Gogh or Picasso, there's still like. <laughs> you know, layers of coincidence there that were just playing sort of on their subconscious that happened with a degree of intention that wasn't recognized. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. And, and it's, it's great too, because like, even if it is unintentional, it's something that makes the comic book work, you know? And so it's still something that you can pull away from it because mm-hmm. if, if, even if the person that thought wasn't in their head, uh, it's still it still helps the storytelling and it still helps the comic work on another level and so i don't know i yeah. i think it's awesome um but like because my, my background is from uh film so that's like i studied film uh production and a big part of that as well was kind of like we, we would you know we would analyze films a lot mm-hmm. and i had moments where i was in i'd be in a lecture and a lecturer would be saying something about the color theory of one of one of these things or whatever and you'd be sat there and you'd be kind of like <laughs> that's bollocks that's just it's just a red coat and but where, where but where where we were kind of not, not even necessarily proven wrong but where we, what we were kind of taught was that like if you can find if you can find a thematic through line through that through that piece of work um then at least you can be validated in your theory at least like even if you're even if you your theory wasn't correct by the by the author's intent there is enough evidence within within the body of work that you have a right to air that theory, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so like, if you, you you watch a film where there's like loads of low, uh, uh, the start of the part is, is maybe is maybe like my favorite example that I show to people like for film. <laughs> what a cool person I am showing people film examples for for storytelling. <laughs> no, um, film, yeah, film when, 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 when people come around for a party, I just whip out the, the opening of the Departed, and we have a <laughs> we have a, a conversation. That movie is um, fantastic. The Depart- yeah, and the Departed has a beautiful opening sequence that sets up um, uh, Matt uh, Damon and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and they both have the, it's like a re- repetition of the same sequence. It's like they both go into this this office with who um, it's uh, Mark Wahlberg and um, Alec Baldwin. Honestly, like no, it's the Sheen guy, not Sheen. Sheen, Martin yeah, Sheen, oh yeah, Michael Martin Sheen, Sheen, yeah. Martin, Martin Sheen, and. Um, yeah, and, and it's the same. It's essentially the same sequence, but they're shot in two very, very different ways. And that's a. I always found that as a really good example of like, this is how you understand that visual storytelling is a thing. That there, that there is a, there is a idea going on in the way that we present these visuals to you to tell you something about these characters. And the, all I do is to try and apply that same theory or that same knowledge or whatever to, 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 to comic books because you can see it like. In Moonlight, you can see that there's an opening. There's an opening panel uh, uh, where he walks into the building, and it's a low angle shot, and he's and he, and he he looks really big. Mm-hmm. That was done on purpose, obviously. Yeah. Because if you look at the rest of the book, there's a whole bunch of sequences where he does that, where Moonlight's placed in front of people or larger than people, and it makes other people look smaller. So it's it's like that. It's just all this kind of like the theory of it that I try and I try and wrap around everything, but all of it comes from a kind of a film background. Like 
I kind of feel a bit like a charlatan because I'm kind of taking film stuff and you know I'm, I'm kind of applying it to comics, but I, I think mean, it's sort of just about kind of works. Yeah, I, well, and I think that I mean comics creators, whether it's artists or writers, I think that they you know will also pull a lot of. I mean, because I I come from a film background too. Like I went to to film school for two years, and like when I'm writing comics, you know, it's it, it's almost impossible not to have that film knowledge influence it. Uh, you know, and yeah, yeah. and you look at people, you know, like uh, Brian K. Vaughn, who's you know one of the top creators in the game. I mean, he absolutely comes from a film background, and you know, I mean, in the terminology, you read a comic book script, and a lot of the terminology is is you know the same. Shots and, yeah, 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 like yeah. And yeah. so I think that it's perfectly applicable. I think that anyone who tries to say that you know that that there's not knowledge that can go back and forth is really missing out on the potential of both mediums. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that's that's I just that's just essentially what I kind of uh, try and bring to it, which is I think why in Lecture Panel Naked I kind of I probably talk about like the camera a lot and things like that and yeah. and angles and all that kind of stuff all and, and even the color theory. The one that I always reference is the um, Patty Bellantoni book of It's Purple, Someone's Going to Die, which is just full yeah. of it's just all about films. So I love that. It's book, all yeah. yeah, it's kind of drawing that stuff in. I, I man, I love that book so much. It's, <laughs> like, it's so good. I, I, I've read it so many times. It's, it's 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 embarrassing how many times I've read it, but I love that book. Yeah, no, I've I've been uh, like I I took a, a coloring class recently from uh, Chris Northrup, who's the colorist on some Top Cow books and and a few others. Um, and that the entire time that I've been like coming home and sort of like practicing, you know, the the craft of coloring comics, like that book mm-hmm. has been like right by my side to like kind of look at things <laughs> and figure out like how to set up. It's it's I don't know. It's so good. Like the color theory knowledge in there is so. Like it's it's so dense that like any time you open up that book you can just read you know two or three pages and still glean infinite knowledge from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. It's a it's a masterpiece. It's just if any if you ever need to like it's it's not even like a textbook even. But if you no. there's ever a moment where you kind of are like, what can I do here? Even just the contents page tells you what to do. You know, the, the, the contents page has like types of you know blue or types of red or whatever, and then a yeah. tiny little line that just sort of explains what it is. And it's like almost you only need the first kind of two pages <laughs> yeah. of the book to to know. Oh, that's a cool your work. Yeah, it's, it's 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 awesome. I love that thing. Yeah, no, it's great. And I I actually I did pick that up uh because of a reference that you made to it. So I mean, you like you've you've influenced a lot of my Amazon buying, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I really should set up like a like I really should have like an Amazon commission. That would be amazing. No, yeah. you really should. You dude, just Google Amazon affiliate link. There's a an easy way to set one up. Um and then and genius. Then, that well, that'll be there. I can quit my job probably. <laughs> there you go, dude. Exactly. Um <laughs> and i so i'm also curious uh what's what's been the hardest video for you to make i mean you know you talk about like sometimes this process is super painful i mean is there one that stands out to you that was the most difficult to crack that is a good question what has been the most difficult one um th- this probably the second one so i think southern bastards was the second episode i did oh yeah and it, it wasn't so much that it was difficult to crack as it was that's the one that I always look back on and see that it's the least focused. Mm. I think that's the one where I, I kind of just went like, I want to say some stuff about Southern Bastards. And <laughs> I did it and I just did half minutes. And that's, that's, that's always the one that irks me a little bit when I, I, I don't, I don't like recommending that one to people, even though I think it's, even though I think, you know, that I think there's some good stuff in there, but it's yeah. just, it's so scattershot. It's all over the place that it's like, Hey, here's a fun thing I found on this page. Here's a fun thing I found on this page. Here's a fun thing I found on this page. <laughs> and it's, 
really, really that episode would have been a lot stronger, I think, if it just tied in the dog to Earl Tubb. But I think that it was, was still probably a fun the one episode, where I, I, yeah, but I think it's, I think that's the one where I could have probably just been like, that's the one where I should have taken a bit more time to edit it. But I think I, I think I turned that one around really, really quick after the first episode. Mm. That makes sense. So that's my own fault. <laughs> Um, but I don't think there's been there's, I don't think it's one that's been sort of particularly hard to. There's ones where I felt a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. um, like the Sandman one that I just did, the Sandman Overture one. Like that was I f- did not feel comfortable when that went live because I was I was really nervous that I kind of like just uh, I don't know. I think that it's just it's such a it was such a, a good page, and it took so long to read it that I was a little bit concerned that like this was one that I maybe didn't get right. But then J.H. Williams tweeted on Twitter and said some cool stuff about it, so I felt a bit happier. Yeah, no, um, I, I was going to say... That was like, I felt a bit nervous. I, I was going to say, I, I watched that one, uh, like, as soon as that one went live, I was watching it, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is fucking great. Like, I, I, I thought that was a great video. I don't know, I don't know what you're smoking. <laughs> um... So and and we oh, are running. Cool. That's cool. That, that, yeah, that was one. That that was nerve. That was a nerve wracking one. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, and we're we're getting close to the end here. But I, I was curious. You you were involved in in Comics Alliance uh, for a while, and I I don't know how long or how that came about. Um, and I mm-hmm. I always thought that Comics Alliance was probably the best site out there in terms of comics journalism. Uh, tell me a bit about how you mm-hmm. got involved with them and and what your experience was like there. Uh, I, it's not, it's not that, it's not a cooler story. I can try and pick it up. I can try and make it more interesting. No, you're but fine. I got in touch. So, so when the when the channel launched, uh, this was really, really, really early on when the channel launched. I um, I got in touch with uh, Steve Morris, who was a writer at Comics Alliance, and he did a he did a, a weekly column called Weekender, and it was kind of like publishing. It's talking about indie comics, and mm-hmm. um, he did little cool little interviews of indie comics people and stuff like that. It was a really, really cool column. And it's the sort of stuff you don't see as much. Now that Comics Alliance isn't 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 here anymore. Oh yeah. Um, but like, but I got in touch with him about the show, and he he, he was like, I'd love to promote it, and uh, I think he asked me a couple of questions. Maybe I think it was like a mini interview thing. It was nearly it was about a year ago, and that was a long time. <laughs> and I and and I um I asked him about how I'm like you would go about writing for for Comics Alliance, and he told me to get in touch with Andrew Wheeler, who was the editor in chief. Mm. And but I didn't want to do it straight away because I. I I felt like I hadn't kind of, I don't know, earned my chops or whatever for saying this. And I, I got a, a message from a guy called Michael who was writing for Comics Bulletin. Um, and he was just like, he was like, you know, you, your your voice would fit our website perfectly. And, and they had a really, really cool website. They still do have a really, really cool website. And they, they do some cool journalism. Yeah. Um, and so I started writing a couple of articles for them. I think I only wrote like three or four. It, it really wasn't very very many. And I'd written a couple and I just I just thought like, at least now I've got something to show uh to say i can write like write right not mm-hmm. just like write for my own voice so i sent them into i sent them to, to wheeler um and it took it took him a while to get back to me uh but then he, he sent me a message and he was like i'd love to have he's like you, you would fit it perfectly i'd love to have you on and that was it really and we, wow. we chatted about like what the first um what the first article would be uh i mean the comics bulletin guys were really they were really cool about it i said like you know i would had this offer to write for comics alliance and i, I didn't i don't have a lot of time generally so i couldn't really write for both yeah of um, course. and they they uh that just sounds like i'm being like oh, i'm really busy it's not a good busy it's just stupid busy <laughs> no man um, I, I get it's you. a self-inflicted busy uh and so yeah they were really cool about it they were like of course of course go do it and um i yeah so I, we, we tried to pin down the first what the first the first article will be about and we sort of settled on vision um and that was the like you know if that was a dream job because i 
I just I just wrote whatever I wanted to write. Every week I just wrote about whatever it was that I found interesting. And no one ever said like, don't write about a comic or um, you know, rewrite this or do it again or whatever. They just I just I just wrote five to six hundred words on what I thought was interesting and then I sent it in and then it just went on the internet. That's awesome. And it yeah, like I, I don't I I just don't, I don't know what you get that again. Like that to me is insane. Uh, it's just it was just it was just crazy how cool that was, and and they were such a cool like group of people, and, and be such a varied like set of voices. I think that was what made Comics Line so interesting. Was yeah, it, it was almost like no two people on there were the same. It was just everyone had a different experience, everyone had a different background, everyone had a different voice, and it was just it was just such a varied and and interesting approach to talking about comics and it like that the day that the day that we got told that that it wasn't going to exist well exist in the same form obviously no new content was that was that was that was a blow i mean it was worse for people like it was worse for people like wheeler um and kieran who uh you know had been there on 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 the team for a while and we'd all found out pretty much at the same time it's kind of a bummer um to put it mildly yeah it was a bummer of course Uh, and it was i think it's a genuinely kind of like a like a like a lost like a, a voice that has been lost and it sounds it sounds really trite to talk about money but you know they, they they were a website that paid people for their writing and if you want to foster good voices and unique voices then it's important to try and pay people yes um no matter even if even if it's not very much it's important to try and do that and you will get the best writers if you do that and you'll get people trying to be interesting as well if you do that and if you give them a platform to allow them to be interesting i think that's what comics alliance did the best was it paid people so they got a good caliber of writer. Not that I'm saying I'm a good caliber of writer, but there was a lot of great voices on that website, and and they let them do. They let them talk about what they wanted to talk about in the way they wanted to talk about it, and that's so powerful for, uh, especially for a medium that's kind of has a that has previously historically had potentially a very certain type of fan base yes um to, to to allow people to stand up and say we're not the same as you but we love the same things you do let's talk about it yeah and i think that's so cool and uh, that's so cool to see and there there and there, there you know there are ways to get still get that kind of content and there is there is a thing that i'm going to be launching that i can't, maybe don't want to talk about just yet that's fine but uh i'll tell you about i'll tell you about it afterwards but it's uh but it's, it'll be it's coming out at the start of july uh and so if you follow my twitter or whatever then you i'll be announcing it soon and if you well, you've, you've seen it already you're a patron so if you're a patron then you'll have seen what it is oh yeah um, okay yep okay yeah so that's coming soon that's really it's really cool by the way like i'm really really excited about it i know that's like obviously i'm gonna say it's cool i'm not gonna say it's terrible but it's like i'm really 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 excited about it no i'm, I'm hopefully, quite excited yeah and hopefully it brings a bit of what comics alliance has left in the like the void that it's left it kind of covers a little not quite all of it but it covers a little bit of that and for everything else there's there's stuff like comics mnt uh steve morrison and others are doing um and kieran who's uh writing comics alliance has gone on to do loads of stuff for like polygon and things like that and so the voices are still there but they're just they're just not given as frequent a platform i think and i i I don't want to say it in a certain way, but it's, I don't know if they're uh, maybe given as much freedom. There's a bit of a tighter editorial on what they can produce for those places. Yeah. That's not what they've said to me. Uh, that's just what I have personally noticed in some of that content. So 
you're, you're, but, but you can support these people. And I think and I, I did the tweet thing about this maybe maybe a month or so ago that like it's really important to support these people whose voices that you really really like. Like if you find someone uh, a journal like a journal a comics journalist or whatever, a lot of us have got like patron and stuff now. So if it, it, or even just tweeting about it, even just like promoting it and supporting it, or getting them on your podcast and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, um, it's you know, it's, it's important. Just yeah, no, it's, it's it's really cool, and it's important just to kind of. It comes back to like the thing we said, like right near the start of this was, you know, you, at some point you've just got to stand up and say, like, I love this stuff. Yeah. Like, check it out. Like, it's really cool. And it's nice to see that a lot of that happened, a lot of stuff like that happened in the wake of Comics Alliance going down and to see all, all these really, really cool writers find homes in other places. Yeah, um, I that that is given that gives me hope as well. <laughs> absolutely, and I like I have to say that just like what we're talking about, you know, I mean, the like the the platform and the website that that I launched, I mean, two years ago that started all this this podcasting stuff that's uh, now opening up all these weird avenues. Like, it's I called it that might be cool specifically for that reason that you're talking about because you know just <laughs> just that attitude of like looking at something with optimism and and the willingness to try something mm-hmm. new and and the the ability to look at something different or or a different perspective or a different background like all of that just it, it's it's kind of such a missing thing and comics alliance really was like just being able to go to that website at any point and knowing like oh I'll probably find like a really cool uh article you know something that i hadn't thought of before mm-hmm. or i might find a comic that i had never heard of before that's really cool like any of that stuff is just you could go to that website at any time and find that and so i'm glad that it seems like most of the comics alliance people have sort of like found you know a home or a place that they can still sort of explore that stuff um but it was sad and i i will recommend yeah. uh anybody anybody listening right now if you go to comicsalliance.com uh on the front page of their website they have an article from uh it was every every creator at comics alliance right the uh why we love comics yeah article. yeah yeah that that was that was awesome man that was such a cool way to to kind of end that Dude. is that still the is that still the like the latest yep um is that still like the latest uh post is that the, the newest thing i believe so yeah it's right it's right at the top of their uh their feed um it's that's it's, crazy that's still like the, so sad oh it, may, it makes me so sad and i as like reading that article i or i guess okay they, they have like other articles and stuff uh but they're all kind of um yeah it's whatever but um it's it's yeah it's still featured on the front page uh but reading that article like it, it like brought tears to my eyes just like reading this whole thing of all of these people talking about you know sharing like personal stories and and just all these reasons why comics are are such a great medium um mm-hmm. and i i thought it was really funny like scrolling through it and i i get to your i get to your little article and i'm like oh okay of course Hass has a picture you know a picture of ozymandias from watchmen and then has the the lengthiest <laughs> article <laughs> or the the lengthiest little uh piece here on comics like it's like oh that's that's pretty suiting on both counts that uh that do you know, do you know what's really cool about that? that i think that was i'm pretty sure that was uh i'm pretty sure that was kieran uh who put who put the images for everyone as well oh. so i i as soon as i saw it yeah no as soon as i saw it i was like that was such that was like the perfect image and uh, i think because i i think i talked a lot about watchmen and you know we had like a slack what well, we still do is really cool we have a slack for the comics alliance um, people and i think i just like spent a lot of time talking about why i love watchmen and yeah. i don't like yeah so I, it, that was just a that was just a beautiful like perfect image but that was that was a really fun thing to write that was that was um yeah, that was a really nice thing to write, and I think that was a really, really cool thing for them to do for oh, the last yeah. one. 
No, um, it was so good. Yeah. I'm glad that it's it's nice. It's cool that I, in a way, it's nice. It's still featured as the main piece. It's sad but good, I suppose. Yeah. No, absolutely. I it, it, there's a lot of like conflicting uh, conflicting opinions on on having that because it was such a good site. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I yeah. I, I love yeah. it. And and for real, the the next thing that uh, that has has coming is is it sounds fantastic, and I'm really excited for it. Um, and I'm sure it's something that I'll be talking about on the show a lot. Um. I just got I just got two new pieces of stuff to be as generic as possible today that are going to be uh, how do you describe it? Are going to be part of a thing that is happening at some point at, in the start of July. Okay, uh, and it's really, I'm really excited about it. Like I'll tell you what they are after this. I'll give you yeah a spoiler. No, and well, it's really really it's it's. I'm like I'm super duper excited about it. I really I really hope people other people are. That's my fear. Again, my fear with everything is that it's just a thing that I think is really interesting. But I'm hoping that it kind of I'm hoping that others kind of see it and it gets them as excited as it gets me because it, it it like it's really getting me quite excited. That's so that's such a weird sentence again. But it's it's making me feel happy. Yeah, no. uh, and melting a bit of my cold icy heart in the, in the same way. <laughs> that I think I think that always comes through, man. Like when something. When something is genuine and you can read that there is just like that that degree of love behind something that somebody does, I think that always comes through. And whether it's you know whether it's audible or whether you're reading it, like any anything that you consume, it's it's always clear that somebody loves what they're doing. And I think that that always enhances the experience. Um, you know, I absolutely. Mean, yeah, I, absolutely. I look at it like like Saga, for instance. That comic is pretty much universally. Uh, praised and adored and i think the biggest mm-hmm. reason why that comic resonates with so many people is that both creators you know both of the main creators on that book like they're putting so much love into it they're like they're it's it's clear that brian k vaughn is writing from all of this like personal stuff about parenting and everything and that fiona staples is like mm-hmm. illustrating her damn heart out and like trying to do <laughs> all of these new things you know with the medium and with how she illustrates that that stretch it and mm-hmm. And I think it's it's the same way with everything, man. Like when when somebody watches your videos or reads your articles or anything, like it is always very very abundantly clear right off the top that what you're doing is something that you love. Um, and so yeah, I mean anybody listening that Listen, hasn't that's nice. <laughs> anybody listening that hasn't checked out Hassa stuff, uh, you really need to. Um, and actually, and we'll once you once you announce that thing, you're you're welcome to come back on the show and and talk about it. We can just, uh, have you on one of <laughs> our regular. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah, man. Um, can I can I do a cheeky plug? What was that? Sorry. Just as a can I do a cheeky plug? Yeah, just dude, as a lead no. in from from what you were saying. I was about to I was about to tell you plug this... plug your stuff. Okay, because <laughs> uh, the, the the thing that I uh, I I put way too much work into uh, into the Patreon. Because I had a look at some other people's Patreon for like a like a like a varied list of different types, not not even to do with comics. Mm-hmm. And some of the rewards for Patreon, I keep thinking like, why didn't I set mine to be that? Because that's that would save me so much time. <laughs> but I I the the I I do like uh, three three new pieces of content for every video. So every single week is three new things alongside the video episodes to check out. So there's a reading list. Where I kind of give a like a handful of, of books or whatever that I kind of relate to the topic, I do like an extra article which are quite similar to the stuff that were on Comics Alliance. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Not a million miles away from that, and then I also do uh, like a bunch, a handful of kind of 
like annotated pages where I scroll all over some pages from the same comic that I'm talking about and illustrate some more cool, fun visual stuff in them. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been doing that for like since about July last year. So there's there's over a hundred annotated pages of stuff. Um, there's forty uh, odd uh, articles. There's forty odd reading lists. There's there's a couple of extra, just little little tidbits which are like. Um, uh, like like the sort of comics like the analysis I do on Twitter. There's a couple of exclusive ones on the Patreon when I just decided to put them on, on there instead. There's mm. full length interviews with Tradmore and Chris Somney and, and uh, uh, longer bits and stuff like that. Um, so there's 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 like it's it's a really cool like I always think of it like a really cool little treasure trove of people that like really like the episodes. Um, yeah. By all means, I'm not saying like give me loads of money um but there is if you're interested in that kind of content and you're looking for a way to kind of like support or whatever then you get like i try and make sure that it's kind of value for money yeah um in a way in a way I yeah mean, that's, that's obviously that's the eye of the beholder but, but no man and i i try and make sure that it's not just like uh, i don't yeah i i love reading your your patreon Sorry, stuff like i no you're fine i just i wanted to, to sort of continue on that i every time i see something that you post on patreon i i absolutely just love reading it and like there's always such great insight whether it's the page annotations or anything and the other day you actually uh released one that made me go okay i might have to i might have to upgrade how much i'm uh giving on patreon because i i've i've been supporting i don't know for a few <laughs> months now but you you put out this one that's uh paper girls page annotations uh and i'm not i'm not yeah. in the uh patreon class to unlock those those page annotations i'm like shit that's got to be really good. I'm a big fan of Paper Girls. I'm probably gonna have to up my uh, my Patreon contr- contribution now because that it's it's too much for me to resist. Um, but there's no, like, there's like five or six pages where I kind of. I mean, it's it's probably bad if you can't if you can't read my handwriting because I, I think it's like it's a lot like me just going crazy over over a page and like circling stuff and like drew, like like scribbling on stuff and things like that. Um, but it's it's the the the, th- the thing that's interesting again. I said like you know not everyone is going to have read or be interested in each each comic I talk about. Yeah. So it's really fun. It's really fun to, and I talk about some indie books. You know, I talk about indie books a lot. I don't I don't think I do. I've not really done a lot of Marvel stuff. No. Um, generally, DC probably a little bit more weirdly, even though I read less DC. A lot of Batman. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's quite a lot of image books and stuff in there, um, and like Dark Horse and stuff. So even though it's not necessarily like the big mainstream books that you that you um you know that you might see more headlines about mm-hmm. um it's cool to see that people are still wanting to kind of support and contribute uh even for like the episodes of comics that they don't know and i'm like i can't i can't oh, like i really genuinely heartfeltly kind of appreciate you, you and all the other people that kind of support that channel because it makes it so it makes it so sustainable it makes it on those on those weeks when it's like you know it's really tough and it's really hard work and there's i have no time left it really makes those weeks kind of work where i know that like it's i know that there's people there that are kind of like excited about it with me and that's that that's, that sounds so sad it sounds so lame but it, <laughs> no but, it, but it's great it's, it's true it's, yeah but it genuinely does it genuinely does does like really kind of helps it really gives me like a motivational boost when i'm thinking like you know there's these people who kind of are like as excited about as me about about this next bit of inf- like this next this this next video or this next little little tidbit that i want to talk about or whatever and that's that's so cool it's just it's just i've never i've never really experienced anything like it before and i, I still i still can't believe that people as many people are interested and as excited about it as i am but it's it's just so it's so motivating to have that that reaction yeah. and you know stuff like this to be invited be invited on here to have a chat with you is just 
it's it's crazy it's so cool it's so cool and i'm kind of you know eternally grateful for the support it's just it's just amazing yeah dude it's it's awesome and i mean and the other thing to sort of piggyback on that like you know patreon i think is a great thing i mean when it when it first came out i had really conflicting thoughts on it but the longer i've you know like right now i'm in a spot where i'm doing you know it's like you're you're working on a lot of stuff that's not mm-hmm. supporting you and so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like these yep. things that are like passion projects that you love and you're like putting all your heart and soul into and then having to like find whatever time you can outside of that to actually pay the bills. Uh, yeah. Patreon is something that makes it uh, easier to to find that time and to keep putting that time into it because it like it's something that, that mm-hmm. lately I've I've kind of been considering because I'm I'm just, you know, I'm working on a lot of stuff and, and you know, like I'm. Uh, going to be producing some stuff for for wisecrack uh pretty soon on their youtube channel um nice. and and i'm like doing a couple of new podcasts that are gonna go on this channel and you you guys have got so many podcasts as well <laughs> it's it's <laughs> loads it's weird like we we've had yeah we we have tons of episodes on this plus two other podcasts that have been on the website and i've got i think four that are coming in the future uh two that are going to be for wisecrack and then uh two that are that are my own that i'm like i mean i'm i'm super into all of them that i'm doing but like these other two are ones that i'm like personally really excited about because they're going to be for me and not you know like somebody else's stuff which is I mean, again, yeah, yeah. just the fact that like somebody and and somebody like Wisecrack is willing to pay me to produce podcasts for them is f- fine mm. with me. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's it's it's a dream. Uh, but but the the thing that's that's um, great about Patreon is that for this stuff, you know, like right now, I you know I have a day job, you have a day job. Uh, when you're mm. creating this stuff, it's like you're staying up until you know three a.m. trying to figure something out, or you're you know, like trying to find any way you can to coordinate a schedule with somebody so that you can interview them, you know, by the time that you have to get this episode out, but then, you know, make sure that it's not like <laughs> while you're working or, you know, like all that stuff. Uh, and so yeah. just to have a way to make that time still uh, valuable for your well-being, you know, so that, to keep the, the food on the yeah, table, yeah, keep sure. the air conditioning on, whatever, um, is is totally invaluable and so i think that especially with you like how much extra content you have on patreon compared to other people uh (laughs) it's it's pretty phenomenal and i mean like for me as i'm as i'm sort of considering like maybe once some of this other stuff launches that maybe i'll feel like there might be enough value in what i'm doing to to launch it Mm -hmm. um you know like it's set sort of this gold bar for me where i'm like okay you know, here's, here's like the gold standard of what somebody should do with their Patreon and like how much they should give for people to, to give money. And so I'm like, you know, as we're talking, it's kind of funny because I've got like all these things in this notebook of like, here are possible things that I could do, uh, you know, for a Patreon in the future. So <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, everything you're doing is, is phenomenal. And so anybody listening, if you haven't checked out Strip Panel Naked, go on YouTube, search Strip Panel Naked, you'll find it. Uh, watch those videos. And if you love them, absolutely support Hass on patreon i mean whether it's a dollar five dollars ten dollars whatever it is like it's it's well 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 worth it um yeah i and obviously follow him on twitter too i've gotten you you shared one time uh this article from who was it frank gogol uh on how to write annotations do you remember that article <laughs> I probably did do that. That sounds like something I would share. It's just like, it's it's interesting because like in your Twitter feed, uh, you know, usually I'll just, I'll be scrolling through Twitter. I'll see something that you shared and be like, oh shit, that's really awesome. 
But you shared an article from Frank Gogol on this this blog that's basically uh, learning to write comic books by writing annotations. Uh, and holy oh, shit, that. has that yeah, changed yeah, yeah. my writing process, dude? Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> Like I, you know, I studied writing for a long time, and like I've I've got a lot of time put into just like reading, you know, all the Robert McKee books and all of the, you know, Stephen King, whoever the <laughs> fuck wrote a book on writing. Like I've read so much of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then just like this one simple article that's like I don't know, ten paragraphs or something on how to just do an analytical analysis of comics, uh, it just like completely cracked my head open. And so it's that was really it's such a good article. Well, that's, that's I think. I think that's the rare, the rare because my my I think my Twitter is like ninety five percent pictures of dogs of my, my dog, <laughs> and then like three percent like occasionally tweeting about comics, and then like the the other two percent is just like pictures of shirts I'm wearing. I think <laughs> that's like that's like my my the percentage of how my Twitter breaks down. It's all good though. Uh, I and They're I I, I love dogs, it. So it's a cute, he's, a, he's a cute dog, so it's win win. It's it is a win win, man. Dogs, you you never grow tired of dogs. <laughs> Uh, Matt, who's a co-host on this this show, he's he's got a dog that definitely interrupts our shows all the time, but uh, it's <laughs> it's well worth it. Um, anyway, uh, that's oh that was weird. I just pulled up a weird thing. Um, I was like on my my website management because something came up and then it just popped something up that scared me for half a second. I thought my website was going <laughs> down. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So so follow Hass on Twitter. Uh, his Twitter is at Hassanoe H A S S A N O E um check out strip panel naked make sure you subscribe and when you watch those videos hit the thumbs up button because that's how it comes up in recommendations uh if you're not hitting those thumbs up buttons then it's a lot harder for those uh those videos to come up in the recommendations because youtube has a weird algorithm so make sure you're doing that uh that's one thing i'm not very good at telling people to do yeah that's cool thank you (laughs) (laughs) no problem it's weird because I like I've only dabbled a tiny, tiny bit in YouTube before, but like I've learned all this stuff about how their algorithms work based on like watch time and and thumbs ups and subscribes mm-hmm. and all that crap. Um, but those thumbs up buttons help a lot. I, yeah, I have no idea how it all works. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too much for me. It's too much. Um, and then Hass, uh, tell tell everyone where what else they can do to to help you out or support you or where they can find you. Uh, yeah, to Twitter, YouTube, and then uh, the Patreon is just patreon.patreon.com slash stripppanelnaked. Um, if you want to, I've got like a whole backlog of articles, six or seven months of articles uh, at Comics Alliance that are still online. Um, if you go to hasanoe.co.uk slash comics, then you can, there's like a bunch of links for for kind of um, the, the stuff from Comics Bulletin, which we talked about earlier, and the stuff from Comics Alliance as well. Um and then just keep an eye on the Twitter because, as I say, there's some stuff coming up that I'm really excited about, and hopefully <laughs> all of you guys will be too. Yeah, like, I've plugged we'll... that so many times. No, dude, it's fine. It's it's great. I I I I have you on so that I can help you uh, promote stuff. Um, and obviously, so I can have the selfish thing of of learning how you do what you what you do, so I can try and sap some of that juice. Um, uh but yeah follow Hass, support him um and like you said patreon.com slash hassanoe and we'll probably have you on to to talk about it once you uh once you announce your next big thing um but dude thanks yeah, so much for joining us sorry it's the patreon is slash strip panel naked oh I think. sorry patreon.com slash strip panel naked i thought i said that but then it got twisted in my head uh, <laughs> you combine it that's cool. <laughs> uh but yeah anyway uh 
yeah, support Hass, all that stuff. We'll have him back on to talk about that. Hass, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a very great episode with a lot of tangents that are all, uh, I'm sure, very entertaining <laughs> and, and fun for people to listen to. No, I genuinely appreciate you, you having me on. Thank you very much. No problem. You've, you've been a gracious host. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, and for the listeners, if you uh, if you have anything to to mention about this discussion or, or you know anything like that, you can write uh, letters at savagelandpodcast dot com, uh, and then maybe next time Hass is on, we will talk about whatever questions or things that you might have uh, to talk about. Uh, so make sure you send those in. Follow us on Twitter at savagelandpod, Instagram and Facebook savagelandpodcast, and leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes, and we will love you forever. Uh, and that does it for the show. So tune in next time on the Savage Land. <laughs>